cut it there. Cut, 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 cut! Ribbit! And cut. Cut! Cut, 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 cut! Terrific! Cut! And cut! Cut, let's try it again. Cut! And cut! 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 Check the game. Cut! 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 Welcome to Cut, just another movie podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Angie. And we're two siblings that love movies. Welcome to another shorty episode where we're going to review a movie that has yet to be released. The film in question is old. M. Night Shyamalan's latest feature-length movie, which comes out this Friday. When you guys listen to this podcast, uh, the movie will have uh, come out by then. But we got a chance to see it yesterday on Monday. And it was hosted by, again, Beyond Fest, who hosted the last movie that we did, which was Pig. Um, it was hosted at the historic Aero Theater in Santa Monica, which, if you haven't been to, is another great theater in the Los Angeles area. If you've ever seen Donnie Darko, the scene uh, when they're in the theater and they're watching Evil Dead, and they see the portal open up on the screen, that's, uh, that is the Aero Theater. As per usual, our podcast is streamed everywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Again, any like, subscribe, any comment really helps the algorithm to get the word out. And again, if you know anyone that loves movies as much as we do, go ahead and recommend the podcast to them. We'd really appreciate the uh, support. Before we begin with this movie, I'm going to say that this is going to be our first negative review. I was thinking about it and I was like, I don't think we've ever not liked a movie this is the first before that we've talked about anyway and i'll preface this by saying you know we're not sponsored by anyone so we can say whatever we want you know no one's paying us to do these things and so we can be as honest and i feel like that's the goal of this podcast to be as honest as possible just because we talk about a movie uh doesn't mean that we're not gonna be honest with it and yeah we usually pick movies that are good and that we enjoy but these reviews, these new episodes that we've been doing, we have no idea what the movie's about beyond seeing the trailers and seeing some advertisement for it. And I will say, leading up to this movie, the ads that I saw for it looked really promising. I haven't seen Split or Glass. The last M. Night movie that I saw was Lady in the Water, and I did not like it. And from everything that I had heard with Split and Glass, I thought, ooh, M. Night's back. You know, I thought that maybe... Um, that this movie had potential and and from the commercials in the in the trailer i thought well, that's a cool concept and the cast is great but then we saw the movie and we didn't enjoy it i saw split i think that might have been the last one i saw i didn't get to see glass but split was cool um anyone that knows me knows i really like signs signs is probably my yeah. favorite m night movie we were watching it a few weeks ago yeah the sixth sense is great you haven't seen unbreakable I haven't seen Unbreakable. Good. Yeah, everyone says Unbreakable is good too. And then The Visit wasn't bad. Like it was just a what normal. What about The Happening? The Happening was fine until you realize what was happening. And then also like Marky Mark and Zoe Deschanel. The kill scenes in The Happening were really cool considering it was like a PG-13 movie. One I remember in particular is the lawnmower scene where the guy just like lays in front of the lawnmower and lets it run him over. That was really cool. But yeah, that was kind of what... Like you said, because of Split and Glass, there was kind of like an M. Night renaissance. Like everyone was just like, oh, this is like his redemption. And I had forgotten that Universal had given him a two feature deal where, and this is part one of two, where he's supposed to produce 
write and direct two movies for them. Oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, like you were saying about the initial trailer, it looked really cool and it looked kind of like a movie that was going to make you anxious because it would make you feel isolated. And then like this weird fucked up stuff started happening. So I was looking forward to it. And the cast that you were mentioning, the cast is really great. It's mind blowing. We'll get into more details, but it's mind blowing the performances that he got out of these actors because they're obviously at least the two leads, uh, Gael Garcia Bernal and Vicky Creeps, who I so wanted her to be her big moment because a lot of people don't know where she's from or the the movies that she's in. Her her big break was Phantom Thread, and anyone that knows me knows that I love that movie to death. It's in my top ten all time favorite movies. And so I thought this is a big IP. This is an M Night movie. A lot of people are going to see it and finally recognize for her talent. But damn, <laughs> even her performance damn was not the greatest. And before we even get even to more in depth why we didn't like the movie, I'll say movies are really hard to make. You know, they're extremely difficult. Um, it's almost a miracle that a good movie comes out of, you know, all the cooks that are in the kitchen trying to make these things, all the money that's involved. And no matter what level that you're making a movie, whether it's like a skeleton crew and you're paying yourself to be on set and including a movie that's, 200 million, 400 million, like a Marvel movie, um, no matter what level that you're trying to make a movie, it's extremely difficult. And so uh, we don't take it lightly when we're going to criticize something, but you have to call it for what it is. Like, I don't care if you made a movie, you know, you've making movies for like 30 years, or if it's like your first feature, like a bad movie is just a bad movie. And old was a bad movie. We were in the theater and we're watching it. And it was just like, like there were parts where I started laughing where I don't think I was supposed to be laughing. Because it just became it just like, a, the events of the way that the, the movie unfolds. It's like one gag after another. Yeah. And the way they were delivering their lines was just like. And the way things are explained of what's happening to them. There's like an over explanation that keeps coming up where you're just like, okay, I don't need to know. Like I can. And just yes. feels so overly forced. Yeah. Like, I think that's the other reason why the performances suffered is because they're forced to explain these things um, one after another. And it just gets so repetitive that performance wise, like, where are you going to go? You know, if I have to keep explaining things over and over again. And yeah. And I don't I mean, I don't think this is a spoiler thing like like we did with the pig one. Right now, when we're going to talk about it, we're going to try and do it as spoiler free as we can before we get into all the spoilers. But I think even the character development was just like non-existent. Like I didn't find myself caring about any of the characters. So whenever weird shit started happening to them, I just didn't care. I was like, okay, well, just another one. This is happening again. Some of the camera choices, camera movements were really questionable. And it just left me scratching my head of why are you putting, why are you making the camera move a certain way? And why are you repeating that effect over and over again? I know you're trying to, you're trying to set up a sequence of events where you're not, especially with the kids that start off youngest. And that's when you see the biggest contrast of going from, from youngest to oldest. Uh, that's the most dramatic part of it. And you're trying to hide the fact because you obviously can't metamorph a, six-year-old actor to a 12-year-old because it's going to look bad. 
And so you're trying to hide it with the camera, but then you keep doing it over and over again. And it's, it seemed just overly repetitive and unnecessary. You get like the buildup, like, especially like you said with the kids, you get the buildup where you don't exactly see them. And then it kind of builds and builds until you do see them. And that's kind of like the big reveal, but it keeps happening in the movie with different things to where you're just like, okay, well, I know something weird's going to happen now because I can't see it. And then it takes forever for you to be able to see it. And instead of that working and building a sense of dread and like anticipation, it's just makes you frustrated because you're just like, I just want to see what I'm trying, what I'm supposed to see. This film started off as a graphic novel, which I had no idea until the credits rolled. You got a chance to read the graphic novel. I did. I read it today, actually. It's called Sandcastle or Sandcastles. I think it's Sandcastle. And it was, uh, there was a French version or, you know, a version in the French language. And then there's the one in English. It's like, I don't know how many pages it is because I read it online. So I'm not sure physically how many pages it is. But it was maybe like a 45 minute read. And there are a lot of similarities between the graphic novel and the movie. But there are also some very big differences between the graphic novel and the movie. And the way this film was made is that M. Knight's daughter for Father's Day gave him the graphic novel and you read it and you thought, oh, let's make this into a movie, which kind of explains everything that you need to know about the movie. Not everything that you read should be made into a movie. I know, uh, I think Kubrick had the, the uh, quote of like, if it can be thought, it can be made into a movie. I completely disagree with that because there's just some things that shouldn't be made into movies. There's been this theme lately with television shows and I think post Lost that let's come up with like one of the weirdest ideas and kind of run with it, but the payoff never really delivers. And I feel like every show after Lost has been like doubled down and goes to the extreme. Um, one of the one of the shows that I'm thinking of is Manifest. Yeah. I haven't seen the show, but I've heard a lot of things about it. And just the premise alone you know by the end of the series it's not going to pay off. And I felt like old was very similar where, yeah, it's a cool trailer. People are getting old in a rapid pace. But how do you think that the result is going to be? Like, what do you think it's going to be the reasoning behind this? It's going to have to be some weird metaphysical uh, idea of, of because naturally, obviously, it doesn't happen. And that's the thing. It's, you know, the broader those ideas are of like the more out there they are, I feel like the end result is not going to be very satisfying and it's not going to be an ending that you want or an explanation that you're going to accept. Reading the graphic novel, though, I mean, I could see how someone could say or be like, this would make a good movie. Because it's like everything is there in the graphic novel. And it's similar to the movie where there's really no character development. Like, if anything, if I'm going to look back on it, there's more character development in the movie than in the graphic novel, which, I mean, it's not much. But still, in the graphic novel, I felt better than I did after I watched the movie. And I mean, I'll explain why later, but yeah. What about visually in the graphic novel? Did he take anything from the graphic novel and like implore it into into the film? Or is it more of just him shooting it the way that he wanted to shoot it? Visually, especially that very first scene is almost exactly the same in the graphic novel as it is in the movie. Like even the way the panels are in the graphic novel is kind of similar to the way it was shot. But everything else, and I know what you're thinking of, that's not in the graphic novel. That was just M. Night. M. Night being M. Night? Yeah. 
I know most people watch an M Night movie for the twist, and I'll say that this is probably one of the worst twists in an M Night Shyamalan movie because it's so convoluted and just the way that it plays out. And again, it just feels so forced. And then there's a twist of a twist at the end that I didn't see coming. I thought it was going to resolute itself one way. And then all of a sudden there was something else. And it's just like, again, one of those things where you're trying to out top yourself and just overthink it. And that's what it feels. That's what the ending felt like to me where it's just like, okay, M night's known for one thing, but uh, I'm going to trick you. I'm going to overdo it with another twist. And the explanation is weird too, because it's like logistically you're thinking, you know, it's, it's just odd. I, I can't even put it into words. Yeah. And this includes the twist in the village, which a lot of people didn't like. Yeah. I didn't like including I, me, <laughs> the village. I think I need to rewatch it. Cause I haven't I seen too. it in many a years, but that's, I think, a solid movie up until the end. Yeah. The end, I think, is what really dissatisfied a lot of people. And they thought the whole movie was terrible. But, I mean, just because the ending is bad doesn't mean, like, the whole movie was terrible. Yeah, The Village, like, stylistically is really cool. Visually, it's and shot really well. The, the score is really good. The cast is really good, which I forgot Adrian Brody and Judy Greer were in it. And I think Brendan Gleeson is in it, too. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. So that cast is really solid too and i think just the whole setting of it being like you know old <laughs> like before it's supposed to be like i i don't even think they say like exactly when it's supposed to it's take place like um the settlers yeah like the witch kind of yeah. era right yeah one of the other things that didn't work for me is the family dynamic in the beginning it's okay because you're establishing the characters and all that but once they move on from being in this resort to when they go to the island it's like they're this fake family that doesn't is not believable that they're like related to each other they have like little chemistry and when shit hits the fan and they start to struggle with them getting old i'm just like i don't really care what's gonna happen to you there's no emotional um bondage between them yeah similar to the other family that's there with like the old lady and the dog and that like younger woman and the doctor and their daughter. Like I know that they're probably supposed to be or seem like they have no chemistry on purpose. So you can compare them to Guy and his family and be like, okay, well, this is a real family as opposed to this other family who's like a caricature. Like each character in that family is a caricature basically. Right. And um, the other, the psychiatrist and the nurse, which is Miles from Lost, they, even their, their relationship seems a little more real than I think anybody else's. Yeah. Like I said, with the cast that they have, it's just mind blowing to me that those are the performances that he got out of those actors. And again, we weren't on set. We weren't there making the film, but I think it goes to show you the difference between really good actors, you know, performing. But when it comes down to it is the director who approves. I want that take that take sucks. Do it again. And I can't believe that M. Night approved like, okay, we're going to go with that performance of that specific scene, especially the really emotional ones. It's just like, it would be maybe like the third take out of 20 that he settled for. And, you know, I don't know why he did that, but if I was directing the film 
I would be like, that's not good enough or that's the wrong choice. Yeah. You know? That's the other thing too is like when you make movies, it's all about making the right choice for the scene and, and the story that you're telling. And this movie is just bad choice over bad choice over bad choice. And, and it just, it never really finds its groove. And I was still hopeful maybe when it got super ridiculous that maybe the ending would save it, but it just got even worse. And, you know, I don't think, I can't remember a movie that I, that specifically wasn't a bad movie that I knew. I was like, okay, this is going to be terrible. Um, but I can't remember a movie that I thought was going to be good where I wanted it to end so badly, like halfway through where I was like, I don't care the way this is going to end. I don't need to even know why they're getting old. I just kind of want to leave. Luckily, I mean, the movie was an hour and 48. It didn't yeah, really little, feel that long when we were watching it. It's a little over an hour and a half. But I did find myself like, Looking like more than like three times. <laughs> so it's just like, okay. Having said that, let's go ahead and get into the spoiler reviews. So this is, again, your alert. Boo! What sound should we insert this time? Maybe like a seagull. Okay. Something Was there a seagull in the movie? Beachy. I don't know. They're at the beach. Or waves. Wait, yeah. no, like waves. Yeah. Okay. So this is your 30 second warning that we're about to go spoilers. You'll, you'll be hearing wave sounds crashing. Again, if you don't want to be spoiled, especially for an M night movie. And if you're planning to go see this movie, which, we're going to talk about the twist. I don't know why you would want to go see this movie. <laughs> go see pig instead. And here we go with the spoiler review. From the start of the movie, we get like a weird vibe already. Or at least that's kind of how I felt because the beginning of the movie is silent. There's no dialogue. I will say one of the things that I liked is the title sequence. Yeah. Because you could see the font changing. Kind of mm -hmm. like what's going to happen with the people on the island. Yeah. And I did like the, like the ambiguity of the first scene. Because it already leaves you with so many questions. Like in the first scene, there's a man and a woman. They're on the beach and the woman starts taking her clothes off in front of the guy and he's just kind of sitting on one of the rocks kind of behind and then she kind of like looks behind her and goes swimming. And you see this woman's got a necklace with like an L on it. And I don't think they talk to each other. It's just kind of, she like looks back at him. Yeah, and then, very like seductively. Yeah. And just kind of, she's, she's like, like going to go skinny dipping. Right. And then we move towards the family who is, I, I don't know if they're in a shut. No, they're driving, right? They're not in a shuttle. I think they are in a shuttle. They are in a shuttle. They're being driven to That's right. the resort. They're being driven to the resort. And so we're introduced to Gael and his whole family. So Guy and Prista and their kids, Maddox and Trent. Maddox and Trent at this point are like six and eight, maybe. So they arrive at the hotel and on the way there, like Maddox is like singing and she has a beautiful voice and her mom's like, oh, I wish you would sing more. And Maddox gets embarrassed and stops singing. And they have like a weird, like a family. It's just like a regular family. Trent is like, are we there yet? And they're like, no, five more minutes. And he's like, you said five minutes, like 20 minutes ago. Trent is very analytical with his questioning and answers. and Which kind of makes sense when Guy starts doing his Guy thing later, which also oh, seemed right. a little like caricature-ish to me, where I was just like, okay. Not believable? No, it was just, it was weird. So they're in the shuttle. They get to this resort. It's beautiful. You know, if you've ever been to a Hawaiian resort. And keep in mind, this is all supposed to take place on Earth. So they get to the resort. They're welcomed by this man. I can't remember if he says his name or not. 
I think it was just a resort guy. But immediately you're like, this guy's not good because he's got like a gray suit and he's very like stern and he's got like a beard and he's just like one of those like one of those white people that's too nice and you're just like, there's something here. Completely you're, overwhelming. You're planning something. And then behind him is like this woman who has like these like weird looking drinks. They're pre-made. Yeah. And it's like based on the suggestions on your questionnaire, we've made you custom drinks, which I mean, if that was me, I'd be like, that's cool. Can you give me five more? Yeah. I'd be like, that's rad. So they get these fancy drinks and they're kind of getting settled in. They like check into the hotel room and they're ready to go to the beach. Because they're just trying to kind of hang out at the beach for the day. And this is the beginning of the visual style that I didn't like. Where it's a dolly shot where Vicky's in the foreground. And then it's through like glass. Mm -hmm. It's like the whole their whole apartment or, or vista is like it's all glass walls. So you could see right in through. And she's like to the left of the frame. And then the camera dollies to the right and follows the kids. And then tracks back in the same uh, area and then the kids are running around and and then guy says something he like goes on and on about a coffee table oh yeah that the most injuries in a vacation are around the coffee table so don't play around but he's also kidding and then he starts playing with the kids yeah um but vicky looks worried, worried. about something yeah before they check into the hotel there maddox and trent are like at a candy station like getting water and like candy and they meet this little kid whose name is Idlib and he's kind of like oh be my friend and Trent's like okay such a weird name yeah and so after they settle at the resort at the hotel and they go out to the beach Idlib and Trent are just like friends and they're like running around and asking people and they're like hey what's your name and what's your occupation and they're just kind of like running around you know doing weird kid stuff one of the guys that they ask and he's like oh I'm a cop I had completely forgotten about his character until the end of the movie. I thought they were going to be more involved. Like the three, it's like yeah. the cop and then the dancer and then the girl is, oh, I, I don't, don't remember. remember. But yeah, I thought they were going to like be part more of the group the that went or yeah. like do something. And so when the cop came back, I was like, okay, cool. Like they came back. That like, took that's a cool. while though. Oh, I know. So they're doing that at the beach. And then from there, they kind of go back to the room for the night. Right. And this is where you kind of get deeper into the, familial issues because Guy and Prissa are kind of like vaguely discussing something that they had talked about before and you get kind of a hint that they're going towards separating or going to a divorce. This is their last hurrah and with the kids. Yeah, because Pris is like with everyone. Yeah, Pris is like, we said one more vacation for them to just enjoy everything and then when we get back, you know, it's only three days. When we get back, we can figure everything out. And I think Guy mentioned something about like a medical issue, which at the time I thought one of the kids was sick mm -hmm. because Prissa kind of makes it seem like they shouldn't use that as an excuse to stay together or something like that. Right. And then they start arguing and arguing more and it gets louder and louder. And then you realize that Trent and Maddox are in the other room and they're kind of just like waiting for them to stop arguing. They're like holding each other yeah, and sharing yeah, yeah. like every single detail. So you kind of get a sense that this has happened a lot before because this seems like a routine thing that Maddox and Trent have kind of gotten into. And then after they stop fighting, Maddox is like, okay, I think they stopped. You can like go play now. And we see that Trent has this little like letter from Idlib. That's like in that little way of folding letters that I used to do as a kid. I didn't realize kids still did that. And so he opens it and it's like a code, which Zodiac immediately I was code. like sick, a code. It comes with a key. So he starts 
decoding it and it says like ice cream eating contest tomorrow or something like that. And then the next day they're having like breakfast or lunch or something, right? Yeah, they're like in a buffet type of deal. Resort stuff, you know. So they're eating breakfast and the guy from earlier that welcomed them to the hotel comes up to them and is like, how's my favorite family doing? Or like something stupid like that. And he mentions just in passing, he asks them what they're going to do. They're like, oh, this one wants to go kayaking. This one wants to go snorkeling or something like that. And he's like, well, if you guys are interested, there's like a beautiful beach. You know, it's you can't like he says something like you can't find it unless you know where it is. Yeah, it's really secluded. Away and he from mentions that there's like special minerals at the beach, which I would be like, I'm not going to go to that beach. Like if someone told me that secluded, maybe. But like special like minerals, I'd be like, no, this seems bad. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So he's like, I only tell, you know certain families about it. And since I really like you guys and you guys seem nice, like I'll have them pick you up. And Vicky Cruz is like, yeah, of course let's do let's it. Let's go. And then right after that, is that when the psychiatrist passes out? And yeah. So right when they're having this conversation, seizure. this woman just like drops behind them and you realize she's having a seizure. And this is when we're introduced to the psychiatrist. Patricia played by Nikki Amuka bird. And Ken Long, Jaren, I believe. Miles. He's a he's a nurse. So he's a nurse. She's a psychiatrist. We find that out later. We don't know that yet. But that comes into play later. So she has a seizure. Um, and then that's when the doctor comes in too. Because he runs in. Charles, who's played by Rufus Sewell. Who, if you've seen Marvelous Mrs. Basil, he's that artist that only... Declan I don't Howell. Remember his name. Declan his Howell. Name? Yeah. Perfect. He has a great scene in season two. He's great in yeah. everything in that show. So yeah, we we're getting introduced to Charles, who's the doctor, and he says, you know, she's having a grand mal seizure. Her or her husband or boyfriend says, you know, she gets this often. She she's epileptic, so she gets better. And then they say, well, why don't we get you a drink and like you can go rest. And that's kind of how we're kind of introduced to like characters we're gonna see later. And we're also introduced to Charles' wife, Crystal, played by Abby Lee, who and their daughter, and I think Charles's mom or Crystal's mom. I think it's Charles's, Charles's mom. mom. Yeah. And we learned that Crystal has a calcium deficiency, which at first I thought was bullshit, but then I guess is but true it's later. it's used in the worst It's used way in a bad possible. way. So she's calcium deficient and she's just like, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but so we're introduced to everyone without knowing that they're all kind of going to come together at some but point. But you're also forgetting a key scene where um, the their daughter, right? Is that is it their daughter or is it Charles's It's their daughter. daughter. Yeah. Where she's slouching over and she's like, yes, come on, don't slouch because eventually you're just going to become a hunchback. She's which- like, sit up straight or else you're going to develop a slouch as you get older and men don't find that attractive. Which will key into you again. That's right. I was like, what? Yeah. Okay. You don't remember? No, I do. <laughs> so after that, yes, everyone agrees to go to the beach. And at first the family with Guy and Prissa, they think they're going to go. It's just going to be them. And who's the driver? M. Night Shyamalan. Who I think did a good job in the movie. He's probably the best performance. <laughs> but you know, when, I, when I think about M. Night in his movies, I also think about Quentin in his movies, which Quentin is like a terrible actor. Yeah. <laughs> like, so M. Night's a good actor, like so especially you, when you think back on Signs. Do him. you think Old was just meant to, maybe M. Night's going to quit directing and he's going to become an actor no. just to show off his talents? No. So M. Night's driving them to this secluded island. But before that, they stop to pick up 
Charles, Charles and Crystal crew. and crew pretty much. And then you realize that it's not just Guy's family, but it's Charles and all them too. So they're driving to the isolated beach and M. Night just kind of drops them off in front of this path. And it's like, all right, have fun. Just follow, just follow the, the signs, basically. The beach, yeah. And they have picnic baskets with they have a tons bunch of, of food. food. And that's when Gael is like, yeah, this is kind of a waste. Like, we have kids, but they're not going to eat that much. And mm -hmm. he's like, oh, whatever. And he's like, well, you got a lot of kids. So. Yeah. And so they everyone grabs their stuff and starts heading. And even again, they're like, where is this place? And then M. Night's like about to get into the little shuttle. He's like, no, just keep going to the trail. And there's these like, um, wooden bumpers mm -hmm. where like the van can't yeah, go through because they ask M. Night to go with them and he's like, no, I got to go back and pick up another group basically is what he says. And he tells them to follow the trail and once you pass like a bluff, like keep going and the beach will be right there. And they're walking and walking and they walk through this like cave that's pretty like narrow and then it opens out into the beach. And it's beautiful and everyone's hypnotized by its beauty and everyone's like, oh, this is awesome. Such a great time. Yeah, and so they get there and they're everyone's kind of settling in. They're putting up all the parasols and stuff. And while I think Charles is setting up the parasol, he notices that someone's sitting there who isn't in their group and it's the guy from the beginning of the movie. And he's just kind of chilling, kind of staring off into the horizon. But his nose is slightly bleeding. And his bleeding. nose is bleeding a little bit. And Charles is just like, okay, well, I'm going to move the umbrella down a little bit. And so he moves it down and we pan to Guy and Prissa and their family. And I think this is when Maddox is like, do you know who that is? Oh my God, I can't believe that's who it is. And Guy's like, who is that? And she's like, it's mid-sized sedan. No joke, guys. The rapper in the movie is called mid-sized sedan. So he's a rapper and Maddox is really excited to see him. And no one kind of questions why he's there by himself, which I'd be like, why is this dude just chilling by himself? Nobody told me someone else was going to be on this beach. Yeah. And they kind of like leave him to do his own thing, right? Like nobody goes up to it because Maddox wants to go up to him and guy's like, no, just like leave him alone. He's probably on vacation. Trent goes swimming and then he's chilling and swimming and then something comes floating closer and closer to him. And it bumps into him and he's like, what the fuck is this? And he turns around and it's a dead body. So and it's, it's the woman that we saw in the beginning of the movie that went skinny dipping. Yeah. Once they flip her over, they realize and the, the audience realizes that it's the woman that went skinny dipping. And this is when Midsize Sedan, <clears throat> I can't believe Midsize Sedan comes up to them and he's like, oh shit. <laughs> and then they kind of try to get the story out of him. Charles is like, did you know her? And he's like, I mean, yeah, like we were here together. And Charles is like, why is your nose bleeding? Guy, did you hit him? And Guy's like, no, I just yeah, got Charles here. Charles is already massively racial profiling. Mid-sized is like, no, my nose has just been bleeding and I don't know why. And Charles is like, I'll tell you what you did. You got in a fight with her and she hit you and then she drowned or something like that. And immediately Charles is like, I don't like this mid-sized sedan guy. Like, keep an eye on him, blah, blah, blah. And this is kind of when things start to snowball a little bit. And get really stupid. As... They're, you know, trying to figure out what happened to this girl. I think Charles tries to call the cops and then they realize that nobody gets phone service, right? Yeah. They like cover her with a blanket and they're trying to calm the kids down because the kids kind of saw her. And while this is happening, Charles's mom is like, my chest feels funny. And she's like laying next to Crystal and Crystal's like, oh, shut up. Like, yeah, <laughs> keep in mind, Charles's mom is like maybe she's like in elderly, her 70s. Maybe in her 70s. Yeah. 
and she has like her little dog with her. And so she starts saying that her chest feels funny. And while Charles, who is the only doctor out of all of them, is checking on the dead body, Crystal runs up and is like, your mom, like she's not feeling well. Like, can you come check on your mom? And he's like, I'm sure it's just the heat. Like, let me just look at this dead body. And she, Crystal just keeps bugging him <clears throat> until he agrees to go and check on his mom. And he goes and checks on her and she's like, oh, I'm fine. I think it was just, you know, the heat or whatever. Yeah, the sun. While this happens, I think this is when we get like a hint of the kids growing older or maybe we get the big reveal. I don't remember exactly. I think it's a hint. Because then Prissa comes and asks the doctor to check the kids. Right. Because she's like, there's something wrong with my kids. There's something wrong. And the hint that you get is like, she's looking at Trent, I think, and realizes that his shorts are too tight or something. Which this is like where the novel is like different. Mm -hmm. Because the changes in the kids are more in your face in the sense that they're naked. Oh, that's right. I yeah. remember you telling me that. So yeah. like in the novel, I think Maddox or Maddox, who the names are different in the novel, but Maddox is naked throughout the whole novel as she's aging too. That's <clears> a <throat> weird choice. Something happens with one of the boys because there's two boys instead of two girls and one boy. There's two boys and there's two girls. And one of the boys, like he has a towel on and he drops it. And then there's like a panel where it's just like his dick. What the? <laughs> and they're like, look, he's growing pubic hair. And you're just like, okay. What so the hell? So they didn't do that in the movie, thankfully. It's just kind of like really subtle. She asked the doctor to check on her kids, but he's like, look, I got this dead body. I got my mom. Shit's getting weird. And then his mom just dies. Yeah. He starts doing CPR on her and basically she's dead and... The, he blames it on the stress of the dead body that showed up and just uh, the rapper and like no one is really still aware of like what's actually going on. At different times throughout the movie, we see several people try to escape through the cave that they came in through that little like it's like a little crevice thing. And every time someone tries to escape, they black out. Like they start getting pressure in their brain. It's and just then, like a force field. Yeah. And then they just wake up on the beach and everyone's like, you blacked out. And so we see this happen like maybe three times. What's interesting about that is that how is it like one way force field coming in? It's fine. But yeah. then leaving, you yeah. get fucked up. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. No. Jaren and Patricia are sitting on the rocks discussing everything that's just ha happened. And they're kind of talking to each other and trying to figure out what to do or what they're going to do. And we hear Trent and Maddox come up to them and do the thing that Trent and Idla were doing earlier where they're like, what are your names and occupation? But they sound a little bit different now. And we, I think Patricia, Patricia says, I'm a psychiatrist. Jaren says, I'm a nurse. And they're like, how old are you guys? And they say, you know, their ages, eight and six or 11 and six or however old they are. And they're like, uh, are you sure? Because I thought like, you guys were teenagers. Yeah. And they, they're like, oh, they must be playing a joke. Like, are you guys playing a joke? And then this is when Prissa comes and is like, have you seen my children? And um, Jaren is like, wait, you guys are playing a joke, right? Like your children are right here. And Prissa looks and you see this like look on her face, but you don't really see the kids yet. So when they're having that conversation, when they were like, how old are you guys? The camera's behind um, Maddox and Trent. Mm-hmm. And then it does a 180, still not showing the kids. And then it shows Prissa. And then it 
continues and rotates and then you see both of them and they're clearly older especially because like with the clothes that they're wearing like maddox's bikini is just like super tight on her yeah like tran is like way taller is Trent alex wolf at this point yet no after their initial like growth spurt everyone kind of separates again and kind of is doing their own thing like maddox and trent go back into the caves to like go swimming or you know do kid stuff and then something happens i don't remember exactly how it happens but they come out again and chris is there and i think maddox is like mom it's me and now we have like full like probably teen maddox and trent which is alex wolf and um Thomas and Mackenzie. Yeah. So it's Thomas and Mackenzie and Alex Wolf as like teen Trent and Maddox. And so this is where you kind of see that it's happening really fast. Right. Because all the kids who were, you know, babies when they got on the island are now teenagers. After we find out that Maddox and Trent have grown into like these teenagers now, Charles is still kind of weary about mid-sized sedan. Like he does, like nobody knows what to do with him because he's just kind of there. And Charles is really suspicious about him and is kind of like, you know what, stay away from this guy. And this kind of randomly turns into like paranoia. Charles has a blade on him and he just randomly runs up to Midsize Zidane and like slices him on the cheek. And Midsize Zidane is like, what the fuck? Like somebody get this crazy old man away from me. And everyone just kind of gathers around and tries to pull them apart. And mid-size kind of holds his face for a little bit and then he's like no 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 wait i don't feel it anymore like it's kind of numb now and he moves his hand and then you see that it's well like, you see the the reaction from everyone because everyone yeah. can see it and except for the audience that's watching the movie yeah. and then the camera circles around again just like the reveal with the kids and then you see that it's already scarred it's already yeah, closed it's already healed and so that sets up a theme of like when you cut yourself or there's an injury like it heals itself so fast because again time is is passing super quick so patricia who's the psychiatrist is like okay let's all just like gather family meeting we're gonna have a family meeting let's all gather together and we'll kind of try and figure out what common denominator we all have so she starts asking everyone why are you here like why did you come to the island where did you find the island like how did you and patricia says that she found it like Online, she like mentioned something about how she found it online. Mm -hmm. And they go to Charles and Crystal, and Crystal's like, Well, we came because Charles has like a, and then like Charles doesn't really let her say what it is. I thought it was a sex thing at first. There's a definite age gap between them. Totally. And so I thought maybe she's the mistress or like yeah. he's married and, you know. Um, but yeah, I thought the same thing too, that there was like something going on between them. Yeah. And, and then, then she says, Oh, well, he's just been overworked and stressed mm -hmm. out. And so this is like kind of our getaway to to have him chill out. And then you realize that mid-size sedan's thing is that like he has like a weird like clotting thing in his blood. That where he his, can't clot. His blood doesn't clot. Which explains the nosebleed, constant nosebleed mm -hmm. now that he's like aging hyper fast. And we get to Prissa and Guy and Guy kind of starts to explain what Prissa has. And at first, Pris is kind of like, no, no, like, it's fine. We don't have anything. Like, we just came on vacation to spend a few days away. And then I think one of them mentions that Prissa has, like, a mass that was found somewhere on her body. They don't say where exactly. And they say, oh, it's, like, the size of a golf ball. Yeah, and it's on her hip. 
on, I think it's like the right side. Yeah. So all of a sudden it starts getting bigger and bigger and then she passes out in front of everyone and I'm like, oh my God, like, like what's it's happening? It's the size of a grapefruit yeah, now or, or something. Whatever. And then someone says, take it out. I don't know who it is. Yeah. They're like, you're a doctor. Take it out. And then Charles like, yeah, I can do that <laughs> with his little like shitty knife that yeah. he has. And then, but someone has to make the decision and obviously it goes to Guy and Guy's like, oh, I don't know what to do. And obviously time is at a premium. And so Guy's like, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> and then comes one of the most ridiculous things in the movie. <laughs> one of the first. There's a close-up of her hip and obviously you see there's a bulge there. And so he grabs a knife. But doesn't he say, is this the beginning of the Brando um, line right before he does it? I think so. Yeah. So Charles up to this point is a racist, yeah. but he still has like a complete mind that's functioning. Mm -hmm. You don't, you can't tell that he's like losing his mind or anything like that. And so right as he's about to do the incision, he randomly says, does anyone remember that movie <laughs> that Marlon Brando and Jack, um, Nicholson. Jack Nicholson was in? And I, I was just like, and everyone what? Was like, And everyone on the island is like, what? Yeah. And, and he's like, oh, never mind. Never mind. I was just like, what is happening here? Yeah. And then they do the close-up back to her hip. And he takes a knife and cuts her open just like if it was like, like a me. scalpel. If it was a scalpel. Like it cuts so easily like if it was a scalpel. Or just cutting a piece of chicken or something. Yeah. Cuts it. And then within five seconds, the wound seals itself up. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I get the cutting someone on the face. Yeah. But like this is like a deep cut. and. I was just like, wow. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I don't think there was even a reaction in the movie theater. I think people just were like, I don't like, think so either. Okay. Anyways, and so he does it again. And then the same shit happens. And then the nurse says, why don't we stick our fingers in the wound and hold it open? And hold it open so it doesn't seal on itself. Keep in mind, there's no blood coming out. It's just like, you know, if you were like doing it on a doll or whatever. And so they do that. They don't show that part. It's all, again, another like 180 shot of their reaction. And then you could just kind of hear like, oh, it's closing around my it's, fingers. And then stick and your like, finger Ugh. deeper and like open it up on this side. And like you stand over here, blah, blah, blah. And so you don't see it. And you only see them take out the mass. And it's fucking like a basketball. It's huge. Obviously, since it's going to heal itself, no one needs to stitch it up or anything. Mm -hmm. And so like it kind of heals. And then. She slowly wakes up out of that. Yeah, then, they're like, please wake up. Oh my God, please wake up. And then like they also mentioned when they're pulling it out, Jaren is like, it's attached to something. Oh my God, it's attached to the muscle. Right. And so I was like, are they going to pull out the whole muscle? But or somehow- Another just, organ? It's like a passing mention. And then they're like, just kidding, we got it. And they like take it out. And it's just like- Disaster averted. And she wakes up and she's like, what happened? And they sort of tell her what happened. And then she's like, okay, everything's fine and we're cool. So after Prissa's like tumor removal or whatever, everyone's just kind of like off on their own side of the island again. And we hear a scream and everyone's like, what's happening? And it's Patricia. And she's like freaking out over something. And Charles is like violently stabbing mid-sized sedan with his little just pocket knife. Just, just like going at him until he, and he dies. Basically yeah. he dies. And so everyone's just like, what the fuck? And then I think Charles, after he kills him, just kind of like, Wah! like he like runs away somewhere. But he says like, oh, I never had a good feeling about him. That's why I killed him. That's yeah. what he's trying to justify. But it's like, really? It's such a shitty trope. That it's they so use. bad. Like 
you killed the rapper. Okay. After this, everyone's just kind of trying to calm each other down. And Trent and Kara, Crystal's daughter, who are now, you know, teens, are in a tent and they're just kind of laying down. And he's like, you know what? It's fine. Like, as long as like you're here with me, blah, blah, blah. The way that that sequence is shot where they're laying together, um, it's, again, very claustrophobic tight shots of like their eyes and Mm -hmm. like barely peering over their faces. And so you can't really see their faces and what they're reacting to. Yeah. And she starts talking about how she's starting to have these feelings and these these um, thoughts that are changing. And yeah. she's like, my brain is changing. And did you have, I completely called it. I was like, they're about to have sex. Oh, totally. Well, because I had seen the trailer uh-huh. and you see her pregnant in the trailer. I forgot about that. And I completely forgot about yeah, that. Yeah. And so I was just like, well, how the fuck does that happen? Yeah. And yeah, so during the scene, I was like, oh, so that's what Within that a span of like seconds. Yeah. And then everyone is kind of gathered on the beach. I don't remember why to cover the bodies. Also, the dog has died at this point, which I thought I knew was going to happen, but. And they never show it either. No, they're, they're just, just like, like oh, dog's dead. The dog's dead. <laughs> yeah. And so they're gathered at the beach. Trent and Kara come outside of the tent and she's like I'm hungry and she like starts eating like pasta with her hands and she kind of gives them this she's stare like, of like we just boned then they start walking towards everyone because Pris is looking for them and they're like Trent, Kara, Far away, and where and then are you guys and guy it's like kind of squints like <laughs> what's happening what am I seeing and they walk holding hands like happy go lucky and she's fucking pregnant and she's like and four months pregnant already and it's been like minutes and everyone's just like oh my god and it's just like at this point, nobody in the theater was like reacting. Yeah, I checked out mentally. I was just like, <laughs> I, I went to the bathroom after this. Yeah, actually, that's Kyle's best performance. Oh, the look I on his face it. when he's wa- when they're walking uh-huh. out it was just priceless. And Vicky Creeps is just like, what? <laughs> and then that's when they start doing the math too. Is like if you're aging every like thirty minutes or whatever, then the baby's gonna be here within like a minute. Twenty minutes, I think yeah. he says. Kara is like, oh, I'm not feeling well. And then she <laughs> starts to lay down. And basically um, the nurse is like, this baby's like coming on its way. And so again, M. Night does that stupid shot, that dolly shot where um, she's laying down and they do a close up of her stomach and you see the baby and, and her stomach's getting bigger and all that. And it dollies from her to Gael and, and, and Trent and they're, he's still like trying to grasp like, <laughs> What is a baby? How do yeah. babies get made? Like what's <laughs> happening? And then you hear the the baby, you know, crying as it's born. And then the camera dollies back in one shot to them and Patricia's holding the baby and then says like, yeah, the baby's dead <laughs> within <laughs> like a minute. And this is all one continuous shot. And she justifies it by saying that basically time is traveling so quickly that the baby can't adapt and just just shut down. I got up to go to the restroom after they found out she's pregnant and they were like, she's going to give birth in 20 minutes. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get up. And then I came back and like, they had completely moved on and I was like, what the fuck happened to the baby? And then you were just like, oh, baby's dead. I was like, okay. Fucking insane. Jaren decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to swim. Cause like everyone's gone through the caves and no one's go through there. Obviously no one's gone to the beach. And so he's like, someone's going to have to go along the shore and turn and hopefully find a coast. And then he's like, is anyone down? And like, <laughs> no one is like, yeah, that's impossible. Because so they show like, all these crashing waves. I'll go. Yeah. He goes 
which everyone's like, okay, well, he's going to die. Like, that's cool. At this point, it's like process of elimination of who's, who's going to die and how. when they're going to die. Yeah, and how that. they're going to die. Also, there are moments in the film where they look up to like the the bluffs and the cliffs yes. and then there's someone watching them. And At there's like, first, it's like lights. Like you see two lights. Yeah, it's like a reflection. I thought they were like mirrors or I something. I thought so too. Yeah. Or like ships or, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then at some point they're like, oh, looks like binoculars or that's a camera. So they're being observed by someone, but they don't know who it is or why. But obviously there's someone else there and there's a way to get out, but they just haven't figured it out. Jaren, the nurse, after trying to nominate people to swim out and try to go around the rocks, sees that no one else is wanting to do it. He's like, I'm going to do it. And so he goes and attempts it. And then we get to a scene where it's Prissa and Maddox. And they're trying to have an emotional bonding moment, but it just doesn't work because, again, the acting is terrible. And Maddox basically asks Prissa, because when they did their little circle powwow, finds out that they're about to be separated. Um, he asks, uh, Maddox asks her mom, so is there someone else? And then she's like, yeah. <laughs> like straight up just says yeah yeah, yeah. doesn't fight or and anything and she's like does dad know and she's like no he would never find or like i would never tell him she's like okay and then maddox i thought she was gonna swim out to the ocean and kill herself i thought she was gonna commit suicide i didn't think i didn't think she was gonna do that i thought she was just gonna swim out and like chill out she looks so desperate and just but then that like whole devastated. scene because she as she's walking to the water she's like okay, you have to be strong because you're the strong one in the family now. And it's just like so bad the yeah. way she's like delivering these lines, which I'm just like, I don't know if it was because they were filming throughout quarantine and everyone was like freaking out or what it is. But these like line deliveries that are given by like everyone, not just like her, it's just like bad. You're just like, is this your first like move? Like, I don't know. It was just, I can't explain what happened, but it was, it's bad. And so she's like going into the ocean and it's just a close up of her as she's walking in. And I, that's why I thought like she's just going to keep walking yeah. until she fucking dies. And then cut to, oh my God, it's Jaren. It's a body drowned. and he's wearing pink shorts. Oh my God, he drowned. Yeah. Runs into her and she starts being like, oh my God, there's a body. <laughs> and then of course, people are running to another disaster. And then Jaren is basically dead, drowned. Speaking of dead bodies, we forgot to mention the original body that they found with the woman that went out to swim. They discover at some point that her body basically dissolved into just bones within minutes of discovering her, her dead body. And there's this like really stupid POV shot where the camera's like from her rib cage. So like the camera's like in her body and everyone's just kind of peering through the ribs and like they're just like. Wow, that body decomposing like <laughs> Look how, at that how decomposed long, body. <laughs> how long is the body supposed to take to decompose in real life? And again, more exposition that's And just... Prissa, who works at a museum and is oh. like, Well, I'm no bone doctor. But <laughs> I work in a museum and it should be blah 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 time and it's just from the like, time of death. What? With the sun exposure and everything, it would probably be yeah. And the ribs look like dinosaur ribs. They look yeah, so they look big. Massive. Like just like the aspect is like off completely. So fast forward to Trent and Kara. They're sort of consoling each other with about the dead baby. And they have that the they baby wrapped in like a blanket. Trent is carrying the baby there within like the cave-ish area. Mm -hmm. And so he just kind of puts it down. But yeah, he's like, it's time to let him go. And then like he 
like drops the towel a little and then you see like ash fall out of the towel. Yeah, it's just dust. And at then this point. at this point, Kara's just like, ugh, you know, she's like, we have to get out of here. I've had a child. It's dead. Within like 15 <laughs> minutes. And she decides to climb the cave that everyone's been trying to go through. that one of them had. If you climb point. to the top, maybe, you know, you won't it won't affect the you the same field. way. So she starts climbing and then everyone again starts gathering together and is like, what's going on? Why is she climbing? Trent tries to go after her and guys just like, no, you know, just, just let her go. She's going to die, dude. Just <laughs> yeah. let her go. So she's climbing and climbing and climbing and Trent's like, don't let go. Don't black out. Like, and, you know, at some point I started to think she was going to make it because uh -huh. she did climb for a really long time. And then at some point she just like stops. She's frozen on the cliff, but it looks like just the worst composition uh, composite shot you've ever seen mm -hmm. in your life where clearly the person that they had on the green screen is not there yeah but it just looks it looks so bad how they inserted it that it is just it's completely unrealistic yeah and she's like paused up at the top and then everyone's like oh why'd she stop <laughs> and then she just like falls and lands on a rock but they never show it and it's just all reaction. No, yeah. And then it's all just Trent's reaction, which I mean, Alex Wolf is a great crier. He's one of the best screamers in like <laughs> the last 20 years. He's like Laura Dern. Yeah. Guy like pulls him away and is like, it's okay. Like you've only lost a baby and you've only known her girlfriend. for like 10 minutes. <laughs> like after several attempts of people and failures to leave, Patricia is kind of like, I don't know. She seems like, manic a little bit and panicked and she has pool noodles and is like i'm gonna use this and i'm gonna leave i have a sister and i need That's to see right. her we're at the, we're the same age now because she was older than me and so she's like lashing these pool noodles together and everyone's just like what the fuck you've lost your mind and then she starts convulsing and having an epileptic fit and i think someone mentions that like She's like having the fit and then it starts over and she starts having it again and then it starts over. Right, right. For whatever reason. Well, I think it's because of the time thing where it's like it's just happening over and over again because time is okay. just too fast. So she dies because <laughs> she just keeps having a seizure forever. Meanwhile, Charles, I forget where he's just kind of in the background he's in losing the background his mind. And he's like talking to his mom. And I don't know if he's sitting next to her. But this was also something you like pro people probably missed. But he's like, mom, I don't know what to do. Or like, mom, like, tell me what to do. And then you hear like a crack and like a squelching. And it's one of her bones. And he's like, oh, and he's like scratching his head with like her femur or something. Holy shit. And that was the one where I was like, oh, like, when I saw that, I don't know if anybody else. I completely yeah, didn't see that. I don't know if anybody else noticed it. I think there was a little reaction in the theater where people were like, oh. Yeah, that yeah. I was like, Ugh. I completely missed that. That was one of the scenes where I was just like, Ugh. The sun is set. It's nighttime now after all of this death. And Guy and Prissa are sitting. They started a fire. Yeah, they're sitting by the fire. They get all the picnic uh, baskets and all whatever they can light on fire and basically yeah. start a fire for their parents because this is where you can finally see them start to age. There's yeah. a point where... Prissa looks at Guy and says, and that was another ridiculous scene. Oh, you got wrinkles. Yeah. It's like, dude, you had wrinkles before yeah, you started aging. Yeah, they're just deeper now. But again, her delivery is just so bad that it's just, yeah. it's just not Yeah, and believable. also at, at this point, I think after one of the deaths, I don't know if it's Patricia or I think it might have been Patricia, but everyone is kind of freaking out. 
And the camera is panning around Prissa. And Prissa, she, she can like hear people screaming, hear people screaming. And then she goes like this. And then it's there's no sound. So you, you she's losing her hearing. And then at the same time, Guy is like starting to see blurry. I think that's the moment where they're around the fire that their kids made. Yeah. Where he like is squinting and then mm-hmm. she's just really out of focus. But also like, okay, I understand that you're going, well, I guess time is going past. But it's so when she like leans in yeah, with her good ear. Like, <laughs> It's just like, please. And then she's like, I'm sorry. Like just yelling. They're having this heart to heart. Like this could have been a really tender moment. It's not because he's like, I looked through your text. And like they sound older, even though they're. But it's like me and you acting like like we're old. It's like, uh, uh, I can't barely see (laughs) you. And so he's like, I looked through your text messages He's really sweet to you or something. And but then that guy? and then he's like, but that guy. It's like, come on. And he's like, you deserve so much better than that guy. And this is when she's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's just like a really bad scene between these two. Charles just like comes out of the darkness with this tiny knife and is just like slash slash like at guy's arm. But his arm keeps healing. Right. Yeah. So he's slashing him. For no real reason, and just <laughs> he's lost his mind, and it's not affecting guy because he's healing. Meanwhile, um, his wife is almost like you know you would throw your body in the way, or you would try to stop him, and Krista, she seems yeah. like she's just like, oh no, oh my god, what's like, happening? Ah. Rather than trying to help her husband in the moment, she runs away to her kids, and their kids are like on the other side of yeah, they're like the, fucking around somewhere. Yeah, and she's like. Go hide. Go hide. Go and away don't from come this back. place. Like, yeah. Go forever. And then goes back. Charles and, and Guy are like, he's like, I'm going to finally get you or whatever. <laughs> I don't know yeah. exactly what he says. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you see like a stab yeah. come out of nowhere and it's his wife. And basically you think, oh, it's just going to just, it's not a mm-hmm. real wound. And then she's like, this is a rusted uh, knife. Yeah, because earlier on in the movie, like when they first get there, the kids find all of these weird artifacts from the hotel, which includes like cutlery. But of course, because it's been there for a while, it's all rusted, which at the time I was like, okay. But then it comes back because Prissa grabs one of the knives and stabs Charles with it. And she's like, this one's rusted. It'll eat your body from the inside out or something. It'll spread like a disease. And so you start, I think she stabs him in the foot and the leg or something. And it starts like expanding through his body. It like goes up his arm. You get like one of those classic like disease where it's just like, like, like it goes up his neck and it's just like plague black. Like, you know, then he falls to the ground and he dies. Could have used a TB shot right there. Right. And then the kids. So since they were running through the caves, they run into Crystal. We haven't really talked about, but slowly throughout the movie. She's sort of been dissolving because she has the calcium deficiency. And so she hasn't had her medication. And then the scene that we talked about in the beginning where she tells her daughter to not slouch, she's now becoming like yeah, she's, Quasimodo. She, she has like a little clutch and it's reflective. And so she like looks at her face and she's all aged. And then she looks at her back and it's like, Ugh. and yeah. she's like, no. And the kids find her, um, Trent and Maddox. And she's just like crying Almost like a weeping woman. She has like this like shawl over her head. And Trent busts out the light. She's like, don't look at me. And then she throws like a rock at him to yeah. try to leave her alone. And she's alone. like, Kara's dead, isn't she? And then Trent's like, yeah, Kara's dead. And then she starts like. Chasing them. Chasing them, but is like bashing them herself against like the rocks. And well, she's chasing them or something. They're running down the alley 
But I don't know why they're running away from her. Like, are they think that she's going to well, kill Well, because she was throwing rocks at them, right? Yeah, but it, the motivation know. behind it was like, yeah, really? Go. This <laughs> decrepit woman is going to like beat these like two young kids? Right. Anyways, so they get into this like chase where, and this is like the horror element of the movie where this is like decrepit woman's trying to go after them. And then they find the, an even smaller cave and Trent and Maddox and Maddox are getting into this narrow, narrow cave. And so Crystal needs to like get even more hunts and she's, mm-hmm. they're almost like crawling on the ground and she starts hitting the walls of the rock. And every time her like bones her band bone, a weird direction, it like breaks. And, she's and like, then ah. at some point Maddox is like, they're setting before, or like they're healing before they have a chance to set. And you're just like, okay. Yeah. And so her foot's like this way and her arm is like this way. But and the like, light shuts off. So you don't really see it happening. Every time she like yeah. shave ships, it's like a little bit worse, a little bit worse. And then finally the last scene is like, you hear like the last snap. Yeah. Like, ah. And then the light comes on and her body is like, she looks like a mangled. spider yeah. woman, which I thought that scene was really cool up until the last reveal. Cause you just hear the crunching sounds. Yeah. I wish that like that reveal would have been like, and maybe not as bright to where you can kind of see like a little bit. But I mean, I laughed when they revealed the body. Were you terrified with any of that sequence? No. To me, it was just fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like I was just like waiting to see what her final state yeah, was like, going to oh be. Boy. And then yeah. when I saw her, I, yeah, it's like you can't help but laugh because it's just, it's so insane. And that just leaves the family left. So we have Guy, Prista, Maddox, and Trent left, right? Everyone's dead. They're all around the fireplace. And by this point, you could tell they're... Guy and Prista are just like... The 80s at this point. And they're like, Mom, are you warm? Mom, are you warm? Like Everyone that's listening to this, do your best old woman and man acting. Pretend to be old. (laughs) It'll be just as good as Guy and and Prissa. And again, it, it just hurts my soul that... Gael and, and Vicky, just it, that's them. That's yeah. them performing. And it's just like they've done just such great work to them to end like that is just awful. Anyways, and so it's them too, and they're around the fire. And again, they're just sort of reminiscing about their lives and just. And then he's like, Were we fighting about something? I don't <laughs> yeah. remember. <laughs> yeah, his mind is going. Yeah. <laughs> again, it's supposed to be this poignant emotional scene between them because it's they're about to die. And it just feels so bad. It feels like a high school scene that, you know, some kids came up with. The camera pans away and you see like all four of their backs. And Guy just kind of like leans his head on Prissa. And then he just like falls back. And And they're like, Guy, oh my God, Guy. And then Alex Wolf starts crying. And then Prissa just like gets up. And the camera again, the same dolly shot tracks Prissa, she walks towards like the coast to the ocean and then and then it keeps going it keeps when going, she stops and then you hear like a thud and then she collapses and then the camera dollies back you see her passed out and the kids come but then like she so she walks from guy's body to the edge of the ocean and then you hear the thud but then when it pans back she's like right next to him again so it's just like she walked to the beach and then walk back and probably, then die <laughs> probably I don't know it's the next day yeah. And this is the final evolution. And they're like 50. And they're just on the beach kind of looking out into the ocean. And I think they decide that they're going to try because he's like, should we try and escape still? And Maddox right. is like, yeah, I mean, what else are we going to do? And then he's but like, first, do you want to build a sandcastle first? Maddox says like, well, that's going to take like 
what like 20 years off our lives or like like, no he like touches her face and then she's like did you know we aged like three days in the time that you just touched my face or something like that so they're building a sand castle and that's the shout out to the graphic novel and then at what point does trent get the message they're talking about because maddox says do you think normal people still act like kids when they're adults basically something like that to where it's like, oh, we're only having fun because we were kids yesterday and we still like building sandcastles. And he mentions Idlib, which was his little friend back at the hotel. And is like, oh, I still have this coded message of Idlib's that I never decoded. And Maddox is like, decode it. <laughs> so like he gets up and grabs it. Maddox is like, what does it say? And then he shows her and it says, my uncle's afraid of the coral or yeah. something like that. And this is the first time I had seen Coral since they got to the ocean. Guy or someone mentions to one of the kids when they first get there, like, stay clear of the Coral. But like, you don't see the Coral. At least I didn't see the Coral until that's shot. I think there's a wide shot where you sort of see it, but it doesn't look like the way that it does when they finally. Yeah, because it's just like this it. like line of like white Coral just like sticking up. At a, and it looks kind of far from where they are. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'd swim out that far. And then they're like, Oh shit, maybe we also skipped this in the movie because I think at one point Trent is talking to Maddox about like how they could possibly get off the beach. And he's like, maybe if we got into like a metal cylinder, like when people go to (laughs) space, it'll protect us from the, you know, the pressure of the electromagnet and like trying to, the thing people had been suffering when they try to leave. Fast forward when they're talking about the coral, Maddox is like, maybe that'll protect us like the metal tube you were talking about. Okay. And they decide to swim out to the coral, like not knowing if they're even going to make it or, you know, what's awaiting them in the coral. And they dive under the coral, which first I wouldn't do that not knowing where it ends. Like they're 50, (laughs) you know? And I doubt they should have done this like yesterday. And I doubt they are fit and I mean I guess technically I don't know they go into the coral and they're kind of swimming through it and it's just like this white like sharp and it's kind of tunnel yeah there's like a tunnel and they swim through it and you see kind of light so you do see that there are like gaps of light and it looks like Trent is about to make it to like an opening and he turns around and Maddox isn't there and then he goes and she's like her tunic, like her cover up thing is like stuck on one of the coral. And so he has to swim back. And they're, and like, they're struggling like struggling and struggling and struggling and struggling. There's a moment where there's a close up on Trent's face and it seems like they're about to drown. Yeah. Like there's or at a least, scene where they're just stuck and like there's no way. Yeah. Or he's going to leave. her. Yeah. Behind. That's what I thought was going to happen. And then after that, you kind of see the coral from the outside and you don't see anything like anyone come out. And that's when you see who's been on top of the mountain this whole time. And guys, guess who was the observer watching this whole thing play out? Fucking M. Night. <laughs> so he's up at the top of the... With the camera. With like several cameras. And he's got like monitors. And he like uses his phone. And someone's on the phone. And he's like, uh, I confirmed both of them drowned or something like that. Yeah, they didn't come. And then the person the on the phone is like, are you sure? Like, what about that one person that survived? And he was, and he's like, no, they drowned too. Like confirmed group 76 is dead. And this is kind of when you start to find out 
what the twist has been this whole time. You realize who's on the other end of the phone because they're like, all right, pack it up, come back to the lab. And you're just like, what? The lab? They're in this laboratory and you see the guy from the beginning that was like, welcome to our resort. And he's like, all right, confirmed. Group 76 is dead. Let's have a moment of silence for group right. 76. And then they just saw, and it's a bunch of guys in lab, lab coats. coats. There's like and, beakers everywhere. And, and then you see also in the beakers are the drinks that they served them at the beginning. They're yeah. like customized drink, which you're like, was it a drug? Like, were they drug? Like, what was it? And this is when they lay out their entire plan basically. And he's like, let me tell you what we do here. And you find out that they're like a pharmaceutical company and that they've been working on drugs to help cure, you know, like Alzheimer's, schizophrenia, heart Basically, diseases. Basically all the ailments that each member of the island yeah. that had, they were trying to find cures for it. And the whole idea is because time travels so fast, they can test these drugs on these mm -hmm. people and find out within a day's time whether it, it worked whether or not. Whether it works or not. Or, and or like... Patricia, you find out who had the epilepsy, the epilepsy, they think they found a cure because from the time that she had the epilepsy, when they were having that brunch to the time she had the last ep epilepsy, it was like eight hours. So eight hours in real time. I forget whatever the math was. Yeah, it's <laughs> a long time. And so they're like, yes, like we had a breakthrough, but then everything else. And then they're like, put it into production, blah, blah, blah. So then. That would mean that the drug for each one of them was in their drink then, right? Yeah. From there, they're like, congrats, like everyone died, but we had one breakthrough. Like, we should be happy about that. Send in the next group. Yeah, pretty much send in the next group. So he goes and meets the next family at the shuttle and is like, welcome to the resort. Like, bleh. And you see someone approach him. Remember the cop we mentioned at the beginning and we said he was going to come back. And this is where he comes he back. He finally came back. He's chilling at his cabana or whatever and someone comes up to him and we hear a voice say aren't you a cop or it says you know you're a cop right and he says yeah I'm a cop and the, there's an arm that reaches out and gives him a journal which the kids had found earlier on in the movie and it contains the names and addresses of I don't know if it was the group before them but one of the groups that yeah. was there and the person that wrote the book which they never mentioned who it is but they theorize what had already been happening and, and also the theory of like, if we build this metallic tube, maybe it'll save us from the, that force field that prevents us from leaving and that there's chemicals and minerals that is why they're getting old in this certain part of the planet and all that shit that they've been dealing with. And while this is happening, the main, the resort guy's like welcoming this other family. And then we hear, I don't know what he says, but then we hear a voice that's like, they left us for dead. And then you hear a woman's voice and then you realize that it's Trent and Maddox and that they made it they through. They survived. They survived and they're there to, you know, tell that guy what's what. And at the same time, the cop is kind of checking the names and is like, all these people have been reported missing. Okay, I'm going to send you the rest of the names. And like he sends, you know, whoever. And then it cuts to how they got out of the coral. Yeah. And so how his sister was stuck in the coral and finally they were able to get her loose. And the gaps that Angie was talking about, how you could see light through the coral, they're able to stick their heads up and, and take a few breaths. And basically, we're able to swim to like the other side where you don't get old. Yeah. And the reason you see that is that they're like on the other side of the shore and you see fish. Yeah. Because when they were in the, the, the bad area, 
there were no living things. Yeah, fish they mentioned that there's no there. fish. They made it through. They survived. And then this is also a weird cut because if you're not paying attention, you think it happened right after. Because mm-hmm. after they're like in the ocean and the fish start coming to them, it cuts to them on the helicopter. But this part is after they've confronted the resort guy and after the cop has all the names. But it kind of makes it seem like they got rescued from the ocean in the helicopter with the cop. So I was just like, whoa, what? Yeah, the the timing of that is weird. And then, you know, you see the helicopter rise and then you see the whole island. The Jurassic Park sequence. That's it. Earlier, I mentioned that there are differences between the graphic novel and the movie. One of the biggest differences is there's no resolve in the novel you don't find out why and everyone dies nobody makes it out and everyone just dies and you don't find out why what's the explanation in the novel why they keep getting old i don't think there's an explanation either no it just kind of do they have any theories or anything they have theories and actually wrote these down one of them is a science fiction writer and so he's like i have theories (laughs) and so he lays out these theories First one is collective hallucination. Okay. So he's like, maybe they drugged us at the resort and, you know, we're all just kind of hallucinating this whole thing. The second one is, which I'm sure this is where M. Night got his twist, is a cosmetics lab looking for an anti-aging something, you know, like a fountain of youth type thing. Right. And so they throw these people on an island where they age really quickly and try to figure out how to stop it. Uh, the third one is the dream theory where everyone is living someone's dream dream. or the same dream and then the fourth one was the experiment theory and the reason why they mention this is in the graphic novel this is another big change there's no rapper it's a guy who owns like a jewelry store so he's like indian not like arab i forgot I, i i even looked up how to pronounce it but i forgot and again the doctor is like completely racist and it's like, well, the Arab is like, blah, 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 blah. And so the sci-fi guy is like, maybe this is an experiment theory in like racism, basically, because the doctor is like, same with the movie where he's like, oh, this guy like raped the girl and she punched him and then he drowned her and that's uh, why she died. So that's the other theory that they have. See, none of that is like, I need to make this into a movie. I, I mean, see, you can uh, change certain things. Yeah. A lot of it is unsettling to me and is just like, I don't know. Yeah. And then again, there's a lot of weird like nudity where they use the nudity to illustrate how the kids have aged. Which is completely unnecessary. Which they don't need to do that. I'm surprised there wasn't an outcry of this not being made or or against the comic. And also the girl that becomes pregnant is Maddox instead of Kara in the novel and she has the baby the baby doesn't die oh so the baby lives. so the baby's the last person to die oh my God. <laughs> yeah and like i said earlier even though there's really no character development in the graphic novel i kind of like that ending more the fact that everyone just dies well we had talked about that last night when we were just processing what the <laughs> hell we had to just watch that this if this were a movie where nothing was explained that ending would be better than what we ended up getting. Because it's like I said, there's just so much exposition, so much needless information that it just demystifies everything about the movie. And it's just, you're just like, I don't even care anymore what is really happening because I don't really care about the characters and just 
Yeah, and I saw a lot of people describing it as like unsettling and like the whole movie is anxiety. And I was like, it's not. No. <laughs> like it it was a little too comical to be taking to be taken seriously like at all, at least for me. So as you wrap up this uh quick review <laughs> of uh old, what are your final thoughts? Like I really wanted it to be at least decent because, you know, of M Night's track record. Which I don't like hate M. Night. I like M. Night. You know, he's he's made some really cool stuff. So that's why I was just like, oh, man, I really hope this is like at least decent. And then the cast and like, you know, the premise is fine. It wasn't like enough where I wasn't going to go see the movie. Like I wanted to see it to kind of see why, you know, they were getting old so fast. It's just unfortunate. <laughs> M. Night is, you know, a good dude has done some solid work. But for me, I think the turning point was Lady in the Water. I just, there were the same flaws that we talked about where there was weird character development and then the twist I didn't really care about. Fast forward to this movie, I could care less about these characters. Yeah. You know, I so it wasn't terrifying when these bad things kept happening to them and, and the mystery of like, why are they getting old? You just stop caring during the middle of the movie and it's like if you don't care for the characters and the story you really have nothing and it's mind-blowing to me how a veteran that's been making movies for like over 20 years miss these like things that again we're no experts by any means but you could see it in the performance and you can feel it and it just didn't feel right like nothing of this movie felt right like i said maybe it was covid maybe it was just that the intentions weren't that great to, like I said, this should be adapted, but it's just, there were just a lot of misses and I really can't, I had friends that text me like, Oh my God, like, should I go see this? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I'm sorry to say it, but it's just, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a big miss. And unless you're a big M night fan and you need to see everything that he's made, mm -hmm. that's why I would be like, try to see it and, and see what you think of it. But if you're just, basing it off the trailer which is really well done like if you just base it off the trailer it'd be like yeah i'm stoked to see it but um it's just a big a big miss that concludes this shorty on m night Shyamalan's old you heard our thoughts go ahead and see it and decide if for yourself you i guess if you dare next time we do an episode we're trying to do a full episode unless something comes out between now and then that we need to review again doubt it <laughs> doubt it but the next episode will be a full episode. I know we teased this a few episodes ago, but baseball season is in full swing. We're big baseball fans. We're big Dodger fans. So that's the hint for you for the next movie that we'll be doing. It'll be a baseball movie. As always, you can find us at our socials at Cut Movie Pod. So that's going to be Instagram and Twitter. We post updates on there. We post teasers for next episodes and we post, you know, when the episodes go live as well as Cut Movie Pod on YouTube so that you can see the visual episode, so the video episode. We still want to get to 100 subscribers on YouTube, 100 followers on Instagram and Twitter. We will do your movie, trust us. So we're waiting to hit that uh, centennial mark. And as soon as we do, we're going to let DM you and see which movie you guys come up with. And again, comment, like, dislike, whatever you want. But we need engagement from you guys um, to keep this uh, podcast going. Thanks again, as always, for listening. Cut. That's a wrap.